Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my co-host, co-host cousins, The Lucky Day, Dusty Bottoms, and Ned Niederlander. To my singing bush, Justin, Derek, and Tyler. We are recording this episode on March 15th, 2017. Beware the Ides of March, Husker fans. But no reason to front just yet, because we have a very special guest on the CuzCast tonight, Brandon Cavanaugh, editor of Husker Corner, part of the fan-sided network. Oh, Brandon. I was told there would be cake. (laughs) (laughs) We'll mail it it to you. I see. (laughs) Welcome to CuzCast, Brandon. Thank you for the Eyes of March uh, reference. I was curious if that was going to come up or not, so thank you for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Bodes very well for me. This is great. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Welcome. Uh, first of all, how many seasons have you been covering Nebraska football? And I, many, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please, go ahead. No, I, I have been covering Nebraska on a, we'll say, a professional level. I've been... I've been paid for my services. I'll put it that way. Uh, been paid for my services since 2004. And I started covering recruiting with the scout.com network. I did that for about a year uh, with what is big red report currently. Um, Brian Munson, who is now with rivals uh, was there at the time. So got my start with recruiting and that's, that's where I got mixed up in that fun little shell game. So I, I have still, kept into uh kept kept with kept up with that uh to this very day as a matter of fact if you had the husker corner um just today we published a new better know a prospect as we are want to do uh, we let people know about all the prospects that are out there we do recruiting roundups and and all that good kind of stuff so um and how many years have you been attending the spring practices i have been attending spring practices about three or four years now um, I have been, uh, you know, when I initially got, uh, when I initially got credentialed, I, you know, it was like, oh, wow, they're letting just anybody in now. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been pretty cool, um, to be able to go out and see these guys. Um, obviously it doesn't look like much like a football team initially, sure. but to see them, to, to see them, uh, grow and to see them. Uh, to see things click, especially as I assume we're gonna we're gonna talk about, you know, when brand new changes come in. Now we've got offense and defense. Obviously, uh, right. defense some big, big changes. Um, so I've had the opportunity to go for a few years now, and it is always a treat. So you were on the tail end with the uh, Bo Pelini era, and we're starting into the Mike Riley. Have you seen any discernible differences? Uh, this year with the spring practice as in, in comparison with the three that you uh, uh, attended previously? I have. Um, this year, obviously, there is, on the offensive side of the ball, there is more of a, obviously, more of a trend towards passing the ball because now you don't have a quarterback that is um, necessarily, we're going to say, read option friendly. Right. You're not going to see a quarterback that uh, uses his legs as much. I'm not going to say at all because right. that's not true. A lot of people think that these guys are going to be stone statues back there. That is not true. Um, think more Brooke Behringer-esque right. uh, okay. because Brooke, Brooke ran a little bit um, and he would score about six touchdowns or so. But he was a great passer. And uh, think also, you know who I would actually say, um, and I did a piece on this too, which check it out, by the way, Um, 
I believe Zach Taylor or Joe Gans would do extraordinarily well in this. So if you guys remember those two, yes, um, that should help. You. Definitely. So yeah. offense is primarily uh, we see a lot more. We see a lot more passing. We see and and great passing, by the way. I mean, I when the last one I was at, um, there was a specific drill where uh, O'Brien and and Lee were throwing. I think between the two of them, there were there were um, there were ten throws in total. And only one was incomplete, and there was you know just about every kind of route you could think of out route, um, waggle, just just every everything you know. And Stanley Morgan, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. <laughs> what a talent! As far as the, the defensive side of the ball, um, and I think everybody pretty much knows about Bob Diaco, and you can kind of take you know take take away what you, pretty much what you think uh, goes on with Bob Diaco from what you've seen. You're probably right because he he is he is so fun to watch. At first, uh, Keith Williams was and is a favorite of mine to watch during practice. But now with Dante Williams is mm-hmm. very fun. Bob Diaco, though, and the best part about Diaco is he not only coaches the defense, but he will step in and he'll he'll step in and coach the D line with Perella. He's co- he you know he's doing uh, the linebackers next to Bray. Yeah. Um. He'll, he's he's coaching punters and he loves coaching punters. That just boggles so, my mind. <laughs> yeah. Diaco and the thing about Diaco is he is. Uh, some people have called him like a, a like a just a deer just because he's always looking one way. Just one of the most intense individuals and always moving, always teaching, always just a great technician. And the thing is, he always wants you moving 100%. You are always moving, always sweating or whatever, but mm-hmm. he's always in your face for one reason or another. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. He'll be in your face congratulating you and getting you jacked. And he'll bring the guys out here and, and they'll do up-downs, up-downs, and then have them run to the, run to the side. And then if somebody if – somebody, Lags, God help you, because he, <laughs> he will walk you back and run you back out and make you want it. And he said uh, very early on, he was around, he was yelling to the guys, he's like, run out here like you want to run out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he is very intense. So the practice is um, very crisp, very, I mean, I remember the first practice I was watching these quarterbacks. I'm like, this looks like, these guys look like they've been doing this for a week and a half. Um it's it's interesting just how crisp. I mean, um, Tommy's Tommy Armstrong's abilities being what they are, and Riker Fife's abilities being what they are. Sure, um, they are not Tanner Lee. They are not Patrick O'Brien. They are not Tristan Gebbia. It's a whole uh, different concentration, isn't it? Like, it, it is, this is a new, <laughs> literally, this is a new ball game. Pardon the pun. This is uh, be intriguing. Um, let's get this party started for realsies, though. Uh, Tyler, uh, you had some questions about the offense. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you you hit on the quarterback battle, and you know, I think that's the question that Husker Nation is, you know, on the tip of their tongue. I mean, it's been it's been a while since we've went in the fall camp or spring ball with a quarterback battle. I mean, you go back to uh, Taylor Martinez, Cody Green, and you know, I mean, it, it. But those were like a default option. It sounds like we got two good options. So I'm not going to make you pick who you think's going to be the starter, but just break down to us. What do you see as the differences between these two? Well, in in Tanner Lee, um, the experience is clearly clearly there. Um, he throws great spirals, great darts. Um, he just has a great connection with the receivers. It doesn't really seem to matter 
which receiver he's working with, there seems to be um, a very good vibe between just being able to being able to put the ball where it needs to be. So what I like about Tanner is it's clear that he's been in live bullets. It's clear that he's been around um, actual gameplay because he's got 19 starts at Tulane. Yeah. Now Patrick, on the other hand, he's never played a game, but he has a great feather touch. He can throw those darts as well. Um, you can you can tell that he hasn't been around like necessarily a live action yet, but at the same time, um, his passing is very good. Uh, his his mechanics. Uh, it was funny because uh, last year the Omaha World Herald actually put out pictures of three quarterbacks. It was Tommy. It was Riker. It was I want to say Zach, and then it was Patrick and. Patrick had the ball cocked perfectly. And I remember tweeting out one of these things is not like the other. And I got, got some interesting replies on that, but no, it's, it's, it's been great. And, and the other thing is Kristen too. Um, all of these guys, you can, you can tell um, have what Mike Riley and Danny Langsdorf want to make this offense go. Now, one thing that we haven't really seen is, we haven't really seen a running back break out just yet. Uh, we're seeing a little hints that Trey Bryant is maybe kind of sort of in the lead. Um, we've seen Mikhail Wilbon actually do pretty well. Divine Zigbo is still in the, the hunt. I don't want it to make it seem like anybody's out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but we are... We're, we're, we're definitely seeing just a, a different brand of, you know, like I say, the read option that would be there all the time. Um, we're, we're, we're not seeing it nearly as much. I don't even remember seeing um, seeing it ran, personally. What, what you basically see is just getting these quarterbacks in tune with their wide receivers. And, you know, that's going to be a good chunk of the offense. Although, I, and I want to make this clear right up front. Uh, and, and Mike Riley has said this ad nauseum, but people still seem to think that this is going to be the fact. But I'm going to say this again, and I will say it again, but that's OK. Um, this is not going to be an offense where they are planning to pass 30 times a game, 40 times a game. This is going to be a an offense that they truly want to be. We're going to say, quote unquote, balanced. They want to have they want to be able to run the ball, run the ball efficiently, run the ball well, because without that, without being able to move up front, without being able to move on defensive lines, you're going to lose the ball game. They know that. Riley knows that. Yeah. Every, everybody knows. That. I mean, from from the fans to the coaches, everybody knows that. So don't think that this is a team that is going to shy away from running the football. They want an effective and efficient passing game, not a passing game that will overtake the running game. So, so when you're looking at the offense, what is the base offensive formation? I mean, you, you say they want balance. You know, last year we saw a lot of that run come from the shotgun. Are we seeing a more traditional pro style offense with the quarterback under center early snaps? Um, you know, at spring ball, I imagine they're just getting the basic playbook down. So what is the base formation? How is the offense looking? You're seeing um, some under center. You're seeing some shotgun. Basically, right now, it's yeah, – and, and another thing you've got to take into account is that they're trying to get a good snap between the center and 
the two new or two or three, you know, especially with the quarterback battle, we'll say two quarterbacks. So typically, typically you'll see, I'm trying to think of the ones that I've seen. Um, I've seen them largely in shotgun formation, but don't be surprised to see them under center significantly more than Armstrong, because of course Armstrong had the threat of, using his legs. So that's something that you mm-hmm. had to put out there each and every play. Justin, you had some questions about wide receiver. Absolutely. Uh, so Bren, after uh, last year, we lost a lot of several key veterans, you know, because uh, they were seniors. Uh, now we got injuries to McQuitty and Johnson. Well, now Johnson, he's been cleared for practice, but you know, who knows if it's going to be with contact. Uh, how concerning is depth at wide receiver right now? And also, I want to add in that, because they are receivers, essentially, the tight end group also, depth there. At this point, guys, I'm not overly concerned with the depth at the wide receiver position because knowing and and having having watched specifically, having watched Keith Williams work with these guys and just seeing how intricate he gets with his coaching I don't care who they put out there. I think they're going to do well. We saw Brandon Riley do extraordinarily well, you know, come on from his walk-on position and do well. Um, Stanley Morgan is going to be just a hoss. He will be this year's – he will be the man, quite frankly. He will be the man. Um, Also, when you look to DeMornay Pearsonell, he finally looks like he did when he was a freshman. He's got that step. He's got that swagger. Those two right now are your starters. They look like a starter. But the thing is, it's everybody else after that. Now, I will say this. I think you're going to get um, some interesting production out of Williams' kid, Kayon Williams. I think he's going to be a real surprise Excuse me, surprise out of the slot. Um, also, guys like C.Y. Young, um, Gabe Ron, Brandon Reimers is actually a real big surprise. He's been mm-hmm. doing very well. Um, I'm trying to think anybody else that really sticks out. Um, Keyshawn, now that he's been cleared, I, I, I don't necessarily know even that he will take snaps this fall, but that's kind of yet to be determined. Uh, one thing we do need to keep in to keep in mind is that Tyjon Lindsay is going to come along yep. and I would probably think that he is going to um, get reps in front of some of these guys. So, but if we're looking at just just spring, it was very unfortunate that McQuitty was out with a shoulder issue, mm-hmm. and it was very unfortunate that Keyshawn came in with the um, the sickness off of his appendectomy. Yes. But, but, um, very grateful that he is okay now and is able to get out there, and we can actually see what he's capable of because, um, you know, just watching his film has been excellent, watching him play uh, at Calabasas, you know, uh, via – you know, streaming or mm-hmm. TV or whatever was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. But I want to be able to see what he can do when he can step up and he can actually perform, um, which I will be headed. So as of this recording, I'm going to be heading down to Lincoln um, tomorrow on Thursday, the, uh, the 16th. And uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to see what he can do. Well, we'll cool. look forward to reading that. Uh, let's Is, move on. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just have one follow-up question. Talk about receivers. Does Zach Darlington, does he actually practice with the receivers? And how is he doing? I mean, what what's going on there? I have seen Zach practicing with the receivers. Um, 
he is a slot. So if it was me, if if it was me right now though, um, from from seeing what I've seen, Justin, I would honestly put Williams in front of Darlington. Um, okay. He is really he has really impressed, and I think I think when we watch the spring game, you'll see what I see. Okay. You think they'll use him in that two point uh, setup they had uh, from last year again? If if necessary, maybe. But I mean, how often did how often did we see that? Exactly. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question properly. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the defense and special teams. Tyler, you're up. Yeah, you know, obviously you alluded to this at the beginning of the show. I mean, we we are now making the biggest change in, you know, 25 years to a defense going to the 3-4. Um, you know, so you mentioned Diaco, his intensity, but how schematically are we looking defensively, you know, this short end? Are we picking up the defense good? Um, just break down that 3-4 defense for us. Well, I'm a big fan of the three, four. Personally, when I played NCAA football, as we all did, I'm pretty sure I I had Nebraska playing. Yeah, in my dreams, uh, uh, I had Nebraska run the three, four. But I'm so I'm very excited that Diaco decided to bring with him. And the great part, though, guys, is with the hire of Bob Elliott, these two being very familiar, Elliott knowing what. Diaco is going to want to see on the back end and the secondary, I think is very exciting. As far as the front seven right now, um, I would say I've been very impressed with how John Farella has gotten his defensive line ready to go. Mick Stoltenberg guys is a hoss. Um, I was a little concerned with his size being up front at the nose tackle spot, but he has bulked up very well. Um, while he might be a little bit tall, I think he'll be able to hold things down in the middle there. So I'm very happy about that. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how well he continues to develop after spring break here. Um, that being said, moving to the outside, ends are looking pretty good. Um, you know, still some work to do there. Linebackers are swimming a bit. No lie. I mean, again, th- these are going to be the guys who make the most plays. That's the three, four. You open the, you open the whole sort of linebackers and you let them go to work. Now that being said, Marcus Newby, I've really been impressed with how he's gone. Diaco loves the guy. Um, he has just absolutely been a player. Um, Luke Gifford's another guy that has done very well. Chris Weber is a guy that I didn't think would, uh, would do as well as he has. And he is really impressed. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I've, I've another guy that I'm, I'm personally very high on Avery Roberts. He's looked pretty good. And again, uh, true freshman early enrollee. So I'm going to be interested to see where he goes. But one thing guys that is happening right now is you're not seeing a lot of rotation because they want to get that installation and in where things are basically, uh, second nature, if you will. So right now we're just seeing guys like Stoltenberg freedom, uh, maybe Deshaun Neal a little bit, you know, we're seeing Mark, you know, Marcus, uh, Marcus Snoopy, we're seeing Luke Gifford, we're seeing Chris Weber, we're, you know, we're, we're seeing the same guys uh, before rotation comes. Likely what's going to happen, I think, is after spring break, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more rotation. But as far as the installation goes, coming back around to the beginning of the question, mm-hmm. um, it's gone pretty darn well. Uh, Diaco has been, uh, and, and I, I take him at his word. Diaco has been very impressed. He's been, uh, you know, he admits that there is still work to do. And it's clear. I mean, they're putting in a brand new defensive scheme. There's going to be work to do. Um, you know, I, I don't say, yeah, you know, put these guys out there and they're going to be, 
you know, world beaters. Right. But as of right now, but um, I'm encouraged with what I've seen. Um, they love they love learning. These kids clearly love learning from Diago. They love, I think, the transition. This is also a defense, by the way, guys, that is going to be very, very keyed in on the turnovers. People are very about like, why, you know, how come the how come the fumbles haven't been there? How come the interceptions haven't really been there? This is a defense that is all about taking the opportunity to grab the ball away from you and go the other way. Forget about necessarily getting it for the offense, but taking it back for six. I think there may be a situation against some of the uh, less talented teams, we'll put it that way, on the Nebraska <laughs> schedule this upcoming year, where we may see a little bit of a contest between the offense and the defense, briefly, um, as far as putting points on the board. So um, that should be very fun. I don't know how exactly they're going to score the spring game. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Diaco in there, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they figure out. Uh, just, uh, Justin, you had some questions about the uh, special teams? Yeah, uh, Brent, I want to ask you about the kick returners and the, the punt returners. So last year, you know, punt returning was pathetic. We were 78th in the nation at uh, 7.3 yards per game. Kick returns were slightly better, 47th in the nation, 21 yards per game. Who do you see as contenders this year for those uh, starting returning positions? Well, right now, uh, personally, I would see Trey Bryant still back at that kick return spot. Um, even, you know, regardless of if he's your number one back, he just still has so much explosiveness. And we saw that last year, he had those flashes where it was just like, oh my gosh, this guy's fast. And he is, he has a a tremendous burst. Um, as far as punt returns, it's DPE all the way. I Mm -hmm. mean, (laughs) there's just, there is no, no, uh, no competition really there. It's just such a separation. Um, and like I said, he kind of finally has that freshman swagger back last year. We saw that tentativeness and that had kind of hung around too. his sophomore season. He kind of had a slump junior year. He had a slump. He was just tentative. Um, but now we're seeing a guy that clearly, you know, he's saying, this is my senior year. I, you know, I got to step up and do it now. And, um, He's he's got that upperclassman swagger. Like I said, I know I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit, but sure. I really can't stress. Um, so he's going to be an exciting he, factor. Yeah, he, he should be. He should be. Uh, Derek, you had some questions regarding the secondary. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you know, I seen that Kieran Williams got moved back to second string, and uh, I was just wondering, does that is the philosophy of the two new coaches? Does that have anything to do with him getting moved back? Or is there any bitty, really big no, noticeable differences in the way these two defensive backs coach as opposed to the way Banker and Stewart did? Well, that's a good question. I I haven't really noticed some major, uh, major changes. Um, I would really have to defer to Elliot as, as far as it comes to safety. Um, I've been watching Avery Anderson – because he was a guy who um, I've been kind of expecting to step up and do a little bit more, but as far as the as far as the Williams go, um, Aaron's kind of been the guy who impressed me a little bit more. Kieran did come on 
and do some good things last year. But technically, Aaron seems a bit more sound. Um, also, Antonio Reed's a guy that I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching this year. Um, so as far as just the differences between Banker and Elliot, um, I, I think that there is, I think that there is some benefit in having Elliot over Banker in just that I, I think his, how do I want to put this? I think that the path that he's taken and what he's learned gives this staff so much, so much more of a benefit. Um, and I really can't, uh, can't go into uh, how much I, I like this defensive staff. This is a staff that works together well. They feed off each other. Um, there's a great energy. I really hadn't seen this much energy out of out of necessarily out of coaches. I saw I saw it out of Keith Williams. Perella had his own kind of you know vibe, but the D as a whole now, all of the coaches. Uh, Elliot's kind of that uh, that older you know kind of sit back the wise guy, but. Um, as far as everybody else, whether it's Diaco, Bray, Perella, Williams, um, everybody is is very high. Uh, again, uh, we are here with uh, Brandon Cavanaugh, editor of Husker Corner. Uh, Brandon, I want to know what has been the fiercest competition in camp thus far. Fiercest competition, um, I would say running back is pretty pretty hot right now. Again, we don't really know. You know, we don't really have anybody standing out that much. Um, like I said, if I have to guess, I'd probably say Trey Bryant has the edge right now. Um, also, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit. There's Stanley Morgan, there's DPE, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of this big cluster uh, when it comes down to who that, you know, who that slot guy is, um, who the fourth guy is, or potentially fifth guy, you know. I don't. Ooh, fifth, five red receivers on the field. Is there been um, like back and forth between them, like cat calls and stuff like that, like uh, real? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. I mean, the, you've got stuff going between offensive and defensive line. Um, I remember there was a play where Stanley was going up. I forget who he was going up against, but Stanley shoved his guy out of bounds by about thirty yards and just stood over him and hovered over him and <laughs> stared him down, stared him down 30 yards downfield, walking back to the huddle. I mean, this guy is just, oh, man. he's incredible. The so trying, trying to think what else um, there've been, you know, what else has been fun to watch? And I'm a big offensive line fan myself. As we talked, it all kind of starts in the trenches. Um, it's been really fun to watch, uh, Gates obviously pretty much has his job locked down. Gerald Foster, pretty much does but he's gotten a little you know prodding um michael decker has been fun to watch watching him and raritan raritan does look like a serviceable backup um it's been fun watching tanner farmer and you know tanner farmer go up against some of the young guns because we're talking about you know like will farniak uh bo wilson guys like that Bo wilson's a guy that i think is making a case uh for possibly some rotation time this is a guy that plays mean plays to the whistle uh, I mean, he just wants the opportunity to get in there and do some damage. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Bo Wilson in the uh, in the coming years. Wow, those are young guys too. So that's uh, the future's bright at offensive line, I bet. Oh, Barry, yeah, um, that class with I'm trying to think. It was Farniak, Brian broke up, Bo Wilson, John Raritan. John Raritan. Honestly, I believe is the best offensive line class that Nebraska's brought in in years. Years and years. That's good to hear. 
So, you know, we last year we lost a lot of senior leadership. You know, Tommy Armstrong, Jordan Westerkamp, you know, Banderas. I mean, we lost some vocal leaders from the senior class. So who is emerging as the vocal leaders of this team since we don't have a lot of seniors on this roster? The guy, and I know I keep saying his name, but there's a reason for it, Stanley Morgan. This dude That's just awesome. – he absolutely is all about, like I said, getting up in your grill – being um, being adversarial, so to speak, being aggressive, um, very yeah, very. Um, I, I out of everybody, he's the guy. Like I know we, you know, you sent me a list of stuff we're going to be talking about, and I looked at that, and the first thing I thought of was, I can think of Stanley, and if you're talking about <laughs> vocal, I thought Diaco, but yeah, <laughs> St- Stanley has been kind of the guy that that stands out the most to me. Um, Right now, though, I think it's kind of up for grabs. You know, we talk about position battles. I think I think there's still some stuff up for grabs. I will say though that Tanner Lee has um, kind of a respect of in general. It just seems like people look to him and say, "Okay, we're just going to get things done." Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not saying that O'Brien doesn't, but again, we've got to remember that Tanner has been out there he's been the, he's been the signal caller so he he's has been the up, it factor you think or he, it... he does have the it factor i mean he definitely has the presence he has the pocket presence he he is not worried about being taken down one thing we noticed um with tommy is that there was always kind of that head on a swivel concern that he was going to get taken down because he kind of had to do that with his legs if he was going to use them yeah but with tanner he has so much trust in his offensive line, which is great. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, and 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 that goes to uh, for O'Brien. The, these quarterbacks are—they basically are told, "Look, uh, Coach Cav is going to take care of that. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do what you got to do." And it's—it's been—it looks good so far. I mean, it hasn't been—it hasn't been really headbutting too much. You know, they haven't been out there with pads all that much, mm-hmm. but. They, They've they've looked good though, and uh, Gerald Foster's another guy too that has come out. Nick Gates and Gerald Foster, the left side of that line, um, those two have both been very uh, very active. I remember watching uh, Gerald in a drill. It was going up against the defensive lineman, and he, he he not only did he win the drill, but he was just kind of pushing through. It was going woo, you know, he's just <laughs> yeah. Um, it was fun, but you're 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 seeing a a team kind of feeding off of each other. And that's interesting. So when I say, yeah, it's, it's Stanley and you kind of see these guys and you kind of see that guy, it really, at this point, guys kind of seems like a team effort, oh, which is awesome. That is good to so, hear. The chemistry is gelling. I'll tell you, you got me jacked up beyond belief for Stanley Morgan this year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was already excited for him. Everything I've heard and what I've seen from him, but my God, like you've got me like ready to watch spring ball to watch him just go to town. I, I'm they excited right the man mouth, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, he uh he he's something. I mean, he's making one handed catches and yeah. I mean what can I say? Westercamp showed him that. So Yes. <laughs> Until he perfects the behind the back catch, then then we'll see. Yeah, got the behind <laughs> the back. <laughs> so okay. Here here's a question for you. I, Every new college football season is like Christmas morning. You always want to open up that new present. Of course. And with that new present is that under-the-radar guy that just excels throughout the season. 
who who's looking like they will be that under the radar guy right now? Um, let's see. Who do I like? Oh, I know who I like. Um, young guy, sophomore, Wyatt Mazower. Um, this is yeah. this is a guy walk on. Um, Coach Riley has, and I know this is going to go very well. Coach Riley has likened him to Danny Woodhead in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, he did get some time on the field last year. Not much. He played against Wyoming, I believe, and that was about it. Um, and I think he was on special teams as well. But he's a guy that in a running back field doesn't really have a lot of separation. You know, go through spring, go through fall. You know, you bring Jalen Bradley in. I, I think Bradley has the opportunity, if he shows something, to maybe get some carries. But Wyatt is a guy um, that, unlike Austin Rose, and we all love Austin, sure. he comes around for spring, shows up. And unfortunately, <laughs> the thing is, though, unfortunately for Austin, his reps are going to Wyatt. Wyatt is stepping up and just, he looks very silky smooth in his runs. So I'm curious to see how he's going to be used. He's a guy that we may even see on uh, kickoff return. I think if you put Trey Bryant and Wyatt Missauer back there, you've got a lot of speed. And when you're sending your guys down there, you can't have them going too fast or, or just, boom, you're going to get ran by yeah. in the opposite direction. So um, I would say keep an eye out for him. I guarantee you're going to see him in the spring game. Um, I'm curious to see what he's what he's going to do. And what, I, he'll probably have some uh, some flare screens thrown out to him. He'll he'll probably have some screens in general. Obviously, be given the opportunity to have some inside zone, outside zone. But uh, keep an eye on the guy. All right, Brandon. So we have pumped a lot of sunshine because that's you know that's do. what that's what we do. We love to hear it. But I got to ask you. What is the biggest area of concern for this 2017 team? I would say right now, right now the linebackers, like I said, are kind of swimming a little bit. Um, that's an area that needs to get locked down. Cause again, if the linebackers aren't there in a three, four, you it's are over. screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that's definitely something that needs to get taken care of. Um, I, I really want to see personally, if this is me, I think Nebraska needs to get to a point, and I don't know if this is something that Reggie Davis can do. I, I haven't really seen Reggie Davis go out and get a really big home run hitter, so to speak. Like uh, in this class, there's like a like a TJ, TJ Pledger, for example. TJ Pledger could come in and definitely fight for uh, playing time right off the bat. Reggie Davis hasn't really brought in a guy like brought in a guy like that. So you've got Trey Bryant, who like. You're like, yeah, I could see that happening. But at the same time, you say, well, what about Mikhail Wilbon? Where's he been? Well, he actually looks pretty good this spring. What about Devine Zigbo? He's been out there. We know that name. You know, we, we're familiar with him. Well, he's kind of around there. Well, I just talked about Wyatt. There's a lot of names, but there's not a guy that's really standing out. And it's personally, as a guy that if I'm making my call, I'm mm -hmm. not a fan of the running back by committee at this mm -hmm. point. At year three, you really would like to have the guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm not seeing that just yet. 
Um, I, I think the committee actually, the, the running back by committee actually hurts Nebraska a little bit. Because again, hmm. getting getting a guy, and I know this is kind of obvious, getting a guy with a hot hand, a very talented guy with a hot hand, we see it. We see it in the SEC. We see it everywhere. You get a guy with a hot hand, and he will do some damage. Um, <sighs> is that Trey Bryant? Maybe. But as of right now, I'm not seeing the man. Maybe that'll be different at the end of spring. Maybe that'll be different by the end of fall. Um, but right now, those are the two areas that I'm watching. I'm saying, eh, we'll see. So, yeah, you know, for, for as much for as much good stuff, there's good stuff going on there. And like I said, this is not a team that you're going to throw out and fall, and you're going to say, okay, go do, you know, go go to the playoff. But yeah, the, there is definite um, area to improve, and I think as far as the running back, I think that falls on Reggie Davis. Um, as far as the linebackers, that's just going to be part of the process of of transitioning over to three four. That I'm not really worried about, but just to be blunt and saying that's that's an issue now. Yeah. Um, that would be my concern. The other thing, um, if I had to, if you if you press me, I would say is definitely finding um, a few more capable ends on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, I mean, obviously freedom can kind of do his thing. Dyshawn Neal's been doing pretty well, but I'd still like to see some other guys come out and be able to uh, rotate in a little bit better. Interesting. So has Carlos uh, Davis been, has Carlos Davis been playing at end and how oh, does he look? Uh, Carlos has been playing. Yes, Khalil's been on the inside and, and Carl's been on the outside. Guys, the Davis brothers are freak athletes. They are amazing to, to watch. I I think that number one, I think that they're going to have I think they're going to have at least good years. But as yeah. they continue to age, I think at least by the time they break into their upperclassmen years, I think that's when we see the light bulbs really click. That's what we saw um, for Adamican Sue. Yeah, you know when he I when he hit his junior year, things yeah. were things weren't. Uh, and, and I I'm not saying that these guys are going to be the next Dominican Sue, by the way. Okay, but <laughs> just in just in terms of in terms of when the light bulb really went on, that started for him as a junior, and then of course we all know what happened in 2009. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and also uh, I will say too, um, I don't think it, that it's any coincidence that and Dominican, of course had a guy that was defensive minded come in. And right. oh, by the way, I have this incredibly talented guy. It just so happens that you know, and and then he has just this wheelbarrow full of trophies to bring back to Nebraska. And here's a grant, and here's a new weight room, and all that stuff. So, okay, so we, you know, we kind of broke Tyler's heart here a little bit about talking about the weaknesses. You know, it sank his heart. Let's talk about the biggest strengths. If we're headed into 2017 right now, and we're gonna win. We're say say we're gonna go undefeated. Okay. What is the reason that we go undefeated in the regular season? Quarterback play. Quarterback uh, play. Yes. As of right now, um, I really like what I see from both of these guys. Guys, let me tell you that you want to talk about strengths. You want to talk about the biggest strength right now. If if you want to ask that question, the biggest strength right now, quarterback depth let me ask you guys a question when was the last time you remember nebraska having quality quarterback depth 
Never. Anybody? Quality. Like anybody? Quality? Like maybe Tommy Nineties? Yes. I mean, yeah. Tommy, you, you go Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Berenger, like you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You remember those guys? You remember that that was back in 1994, 1995? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Quality quarterback depth because it's been the Taylor Martinez show, the Tommy Armstrong show. I don't remember. I mean, seriously, I have to go back that far to say, oh, yeah, if a quarterback went down, I suppose this guy could do the job. So mm-hmm. I, I look at I look at if I had to put if I had to make a depth chart today, mm-hmm. um, I would probably go with Lee. Um, I like what I see from him a little bit more as of today. I go with the experience factor. Um, I've watched his tape from Tulane. Poor guy had no offensive line. It was sad. I mean, he was asked <laughs> to do so much. Poor guy. Um, but the quarterback play, it's its great to know that if, God forbid, anything happens to the starter, the backup will be able to step in and, this is key now, run the offense, here's the key word, efficiently. Boom. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. As much faith as we wanted to have in Riker five for the last two years, oh, uh, it, he did have it that was one all starting moment. But, yeah. Where's yeah, my was, favorite number on everything? And it's like, yeah, <sighs> it was terrible. Okay, uh, one more question, Brandon, and uh, we're gonna get you out of here. All right, enough of football. What are your true thoughts on Tim Miles retaining him? Good. Was it a good idea or not? Well. When when Nebraska was going uh, was was going down the tubes against Penn State, the Big Ten tourney, I said to myself, "Okay, how do I feel about this? Because I'm going to have to write about it." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like something you would normally do uh, in my situation. So honestly, I was cool either way because I said, "All right, if he stays, people are going to leave," um, but. He's got it. He's still got a good young team. Um, he's got a team that is capable of making the tournament. The schedule should be much lighter next year. Shouldn't have, yeah. you know, should have a few more cupcakes and, you know, hopefully not losing to Gardner Webb or incarnate Ooh. word. Um, don't sleepwalk through those games, but basically he should have enough to make the tournament. Now, if he was fired, the only thing, the only way that I would say fire Tim Miles, well, number one, people would leave. Jordi Chishmenga obviously said that. He said, if Miles is gone, I'm gone. People would leave. Um, if Sean Eichhorst did not have five guys it, on, a, on, a, on a piece of, on a piece of note, notepad paper in his desk mm-hmm. that he felt that he could go out and that would do a quality job from day one, I didn't want him to do it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing would go if he fired Riley tomorrow. If he doesn't have five guys that he felt could go out and do a quality job tomorrow, I don't want him to fire the guy. All right. As as an athletic director, you have to have that. Otherwise, you're going to end up screwing yourself over. You're going to end up screwing the program over and yourself and get yourself fired. So bringing him back, I say to myself, this is a guy who has enough to make a tourney run. If he doesn't fire the guy, this will be, this will be his sixth year. He'll have a quality roster. As I mentioned, the schedule should be lighter. 
Um, I believe with the way the Big Ten will be that it'll they'll still be able to get in that middle of the road, if not a little bit better with some some luck. Obviously, this past year was just hideous in terms of those those last minute losses and then the meltdown point losses, point losses and everything was, but overall, I think there is hope if Tim can prove everybody wrong. All he has to do is go to the, really all he has to do is go to the tournament, but, but, Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Tournament or bust. Well, if he tournament or bust, and if he goes and wins a game, he just bought himself like a three or four year extension. Oh, absolutely. Wow. He's a legend. He's a Nebraska coaching legend. Tim Miles Court. Tim Miles Court at PBA. Um, But he's done a good job (laughs) recruiting. He's brought in good guys. We got to remember, guys. Anton Gill, Isaac Copeland, James Palmer are all going to be there. there's there's quality guys. There are quality guys coming back. Yes, Jariah Horn left. Yes, Nick Fuller left. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be one more guy even. Because you know what? The average transfer for a basketball program in a season is three guys. So would it shock me if somebody else left? No. But Horn, for the minutes he was getting, I could totally see him leaving. Yeah. But the problem is he couldn't really play defense that great. So, you know, yeah, you're not going to get the minutes because you couldn't play defense with the crowd. Although, yeah. hey. Watching, yeah. watching Nebraska's final four games, who knew what a three-pointer was? I don't. <laughs> it's like, I, I was saying to myself, I was saying on Twitter, too, when I was live-tweeting, oh, God, hopefully they don't find out what that arc is for. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, at that point, especially with Michigan, I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to be hideous. Yeah, let's yeah. just kill it and get it over with. But, yeah, so, um, I, you know, I'm ready to say, okay, you know what, I – I follow Nebraska ball. I have for quite a while. Um, I do so for a living, but I, I love it or else I couldn't do it, uh, especially not the way I do. So said, so let's get back on the bandwagon, you know, get your favorite beverage of choice and very uh, uh, age appropriateness. And let's do this thing. Wow. I love it. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on our humble little show. Where can our listeners follow you? Yes, absolutely. And and please have me back sometime soon. You can follow me on Twitter at 8Laces. That's all spelled out. 8 is in the number 8. Laces is in shoelaces. All spelled out. Um, head on over to HuskerCorner.com. We've got new content coming out daily. We always want to hear from you. Um, as far as email, um, I don't really have any <laughs> email that I, I'm willing to give out, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry about that. Best thing, <laughs> best, best thing to do is hit me up on Twitter, guys, honestly. Um, I'm always willing to talk, always willing to listen. Um, tips, you guys want to, you know, mailbag stuff, always interested. So, yeah, follow me, 8Laces. Um, or if you do if you do a search on Google, I'm sure it will come up as well. Um but yeah, so stop on by and comment in the comment section and let us know that you're uh, you're reading and listening and all that good stuff. All right. All awesome. Right, well, Thank you so much, Brandon. It was awesome. You're yes, welcome back. You are welcome back anytime. That was, Thank that you was very a good much. show. I'd say you're an honorary cousin myself. But... <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. Thank cool. you so much for coming on. Brandon Kavanaugh, everyone. And that will do it for, for us here at the CuzCast. Our thanks to Brandon Kavanaugh for taking the time to chat up, 
spring football with us tonight. We'll save the special shout-outs for next Wednesday. Uh, be sure to sign up for our March Madness contest on Yahoo Tourney Pick'em site under the group name Husker CuzCast and see if you can beat the Cuzzes. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to follow us on Podbean. You can follow us on Player FM. We're also available on iTunes, so don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Leave us comments, suggestions, topics for future episodes. And remember to find the shiny pot of gold corn at the end of the red rainbow. Apples and parties and gay big red, you lads and lasses. <laughs>